0: You're listening to the Spawn On Me podcast with your hosts, the Captain Khalif Adams, the Baron of Bourbon Cicero Holmes, and the man who makes everything look good, Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. Welcome to Chicago, y'all. What's good, y'all? How y'all doing? How's everything going this week? Everything been good, sorta. Yeah, sorta. What's kind of water? Kind of of like? Shoulda cut a woulda. Shoulda, kind of woulda coulda shoulda woulda. Well, I missed you both. I missed you both. It's been two weeks.
1: We yeah, yeah. no no sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, <hey. laughs> no. How, told it. how 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 was uh Spain?
0: Spain was full of the most amazing ham, water, and sunsets that I've ever experienced in my life.
2: Um, the uh-huh. order of those things just seems wrong. Why? Uh, so ham? Are you saying like ocean? ocean water or are you saying like bottles of water
0: no like no
1: like ocean water like who's big enough in
2: bottles of water yeah well that's what i'm saying
1: yeah i don't know now how how many selfies with uh statues of uh christopher
0: columbus did you did you take Uh, with christopher columbus yes that was not in my purview i did not take any i did not take any pictures with christopher columbus i did take many uh next to uh really well fried sardines (laughs) uh lots of uh bottles of olive oil and many many bottles of kava kava and some red wine like my name was uh uh, hannibal lecter with some nice chianti and some fava beef (laughs) that is the worst <laughs> thing in all of radio history yeah that was not sweet good sweet baby i need to edit that out that was, i need to throw this whole show away now. I feel dirty and gross that is terrible but uh, it was it was a lot of fun uh, jill and i had a blast it was actually re- the most interesting part really quickly was the um political climate in barcelona was really interesting because they were having a lot of conversations around political prisoners and it was um uh, really cool to see the whole country and the whole uh, city of barcelona kind of some kind of dig into the idea of showcasing their support for political ideology and for a particular stance it was like these yellow ribbons were everywhere everyone was kind of wearing them they were painted on the streets they were painted on the sides of the buildings it was in all of the kind of it was in a lot of graffiti it was it was really cool to kind of be a part of and see that stuff kind of throw itself out into the world. I was like, "Wow, that's kind of dope." I appreciate that. Super, yeah. super cool. Were there were there people
2: walking around having? Well, I guess first is,
0: uh, you know, how how good is your Spanish? Oh, here's a, here's an interesting thing about my Spanish that Uh-oh. I did not remember. So my Spanish is terrible. Okay. Um, I have like really good sixth grade Spanish. Right. mixed with my two Puerto Rican girlfriends that I used, right. to, that used to date. But I didn't notice that when I speak Spanish, one, it's weirdly with a French accent, and also <laughs> it is with a vocal fry. I didn't what? know. Oh. So, like, when I speak Spanish, it does that weird uptick and then goes back down into a normal tone. Oh. But it's like Pepe Le Pew talking Spanish. With a vocal fry, it's not good. It's really bad, actually. It's oh, pretty bad. Okay, it's actually really terrible. And well, I need to fix that. That's-
2: yeah, um, fix your life. Uh, but did yeah, you, were, were you able to? Did you any eavesdrop on anyone having political conversations? You know, or having conversations about their political climate. Because it, it'd be interesting to know mm-hmm. what what discourse is like. What what political discourse is like uh, among citizens of, of a, of a, especially a European nation.
0: It, I didn't really, we didn't get a chance to really do any of that. Uh, we had some conversations with some of the tour guides that we, that we were with, um, just kind of like discussing, you know, cause we didn't know what the yellow ribbons meant at first. Right. So, you know, we were curious and we asked about it, but it was one of those things that when we got an answer, it was really telling just how quickly people were kind of excited to talk about their politics in, huh. in, 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 that country, as opposed to when we were here and it's such a taboo thing right. where people are like, no, don't ask me about my politics. But, and it could have been just because of the, again, the political climate was moving in a very specific direction. So uh, at least that particular conversation around, you know, the political prisoners there was moving in a very specific direction. So Spain it was fantastic. Is,
2: Spain is turning into we happy few.
0: a a little bit a little bit uh the and right before we left uh we were getting in our getting in a cab going to the airport and we turned to our right and our cab driver is speaking really really quickly and he's on his walkie-talkie and he's talking to other cab drivers and we turned the corner and they are like literally it looks like the division two with like rows of people in riot gear in the middle of the street wow things are on fire wow and we were just like i hope that we're not going down that road because right. that would not be fun i do not my gear score is very low to be right. going down that road <laughs> wow. right now um so it was it was um it, it's a beautiful and amazing place I, i'm dying to go back um i did get sick of ham uh by the time i came Blast but by the, by the end of like but by, by, by like week, by like the end of the first week, I was like really done with ham. But so
2: somewhere, somewhere Sharif's dad just shed a tear. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> lifted his fist. I think he's going to adopt you. Yeah. He's going to show me
1: and adopt you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just not like I, it's not like I am like never ham again. I'm old. I'm on team ham. But it's, it was a lot of ham. For every breakfast meal and every like tapas meal, it was really, really great good. to
1: me, man. I don't know what you're talking
0: about. It was great. I'm. Not, it was great, but it was like if you if you like killing it on ham and bravas every every day, then you, your body is just like, yo, this is way too much ham. Right. It's um, too much salt. way too much salt. Um, I mean, the the story of the week. I'm just jumping it's right ham. into it. The story of the week is about sodium. Yes, uh, And also about high blood pressure Yes, and how uh, particular jobs can give you high blood pressure if you let them. Uh, and that means that we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about the big story of the week, which was from Jason Schreier over at Kotaku. Breaking open the story about Anthem this week and digging into some of the most interesting and just like out of nowhere, like he was big time facts this week. Big time facts. Um, Lots of different uh, layers to this story. You know, again, you know, the troubled game Anthem kind of getting into the market. And now people are having lots of either issues with the game in particular, you know, some of the things that were in the initial week of launch. Now, when people are like, this game never really felt fully baked. Now, some of the stories that we're hearing from Jason Schreier's report kind of give us an insight into why some of those things wind up being the way that they were. Um, and we're just going to kind of dig into it. I want to, I want to, I want to pass the microphone over to, to you, gents, to figure out and find out what parts of the story you really kind of uh, uh, thought really hard about, and, and some of the stuff you might have found really surprising about the development cycle for this particular game. Uh, Reef, I want to start off with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the the thing that really um, triggered me a little bit, to be honest, from my experience, you know, working in IT and as an engineer and an analyst. Was when they talked about this quote-unquote Bioware magic Mm. Um, And you know many of the anonymous sources that uh, Jason Schreier Talked to they admitted this and said, you know that there is this belief and I'm pretty sure that it exists at many of the top studios as well which is if you go hard and you crunch and you really really believe in something that eventually everything will work itself out.
0: You know? mm-hmm.
1: um, that's something I remember hearing in a lot of different projects when they weren't going well or when management was giving us unrealistic expectations. Um, it was always like, don't worry, like, you know, look, we're doing this for a reason. And at the end of the day, at the end of the project, you'll see why. And most of the time it was a disaster at the end of the day. And to, to read about people, mistreated about, you know, massive amounts of people leaving and the continuation of this story that we've talked about for show after show with, uh, with, um, you know, with like, with, uh, people working incredibly long hours and sacrificing, you know, like so much of their mental health, you know, like, uh, people leaving the job just off of stress, Mm. you know, and a lot of that is promoted in this environment where, whether it's explicit or implicit, that you just go hard and then everything will like work. It really sickened me and it really made me think about some of the worst experiences that I had, you know, in my uh, previous kind of like corporate America life was I kind of tied into that same kind of mentality. Um, so that really sickened me. But again, I know this is not a Bioware problem. This is like really a corporate America problem because a lot of different industries experience this. But I think that it is highlighted in games where the deadlines and the focus on getting products out so that stockholders can be happy is like paramount, you know. Um, so, so yeah, that's really what stuck out to me the most was the Bioware magic Uh, portion of the story
2: Mm. see what about you um well before i even talk about what uh what stuck out to me uh, i kind of want to um touch on what reef was just talking about in that in that bioware magic and and i i think it was so it was used as a pejorative but i think that there was a time when it wasn't um and 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 I think it comes from the same place that you're talking about that that it's that it sickens you, and and that is when a team when a team is cohesive, and they crunch together, there you know it's it it's it's similar to being in the trenches. It's similar to you know those moments of high stress where you have to look at. Uh, the person next to you and the two of you you know and the group of you have to work together to to accomplish a goal and the feeling uh the the feeling that you have after it is done um and and that goal is accomplished and you're successful now um you know and that's where the magic comes from the magic comes from uh working like an animal and and the at the end of it uh you've you've actually accomplished the thing that you were trying to do uh and and you know and then some. it's but it's not magic when you do all of that stuff and then at the end of it it's still a disaster (laughs) and you wind up having to you know having to do uh lots and lots of work and you know i've experienced both of those things uh and and um you know and the difference between it being magical and it being a you know uh, a a moment of pride, and it being a uh, a nightmare, a, you know, a moment of stress, are are you know it really are results oriented, um, and so like I I read that in the article, um, and I, I saw it differently than you did, um, so like I just you know I like I wanted to provide that perspective as well. To say that it can be viewed and in, and in, in a different way. Um, mm. So, um, but uh, it, in terms of in terms of the things that stuck out to me, I guess one thing that really stuck out to me was was. Um, Assuming, of course, that the reporting is true, uh, everything that we've we've read um, subsequent to this, uh, as, you know, from from Bioware and, for, you know, and then again from Casey Hudson kind of substantiates the, the, the story is being accurate. Um, the, it's just how much like, you know, that one. my first comment on the game was there's a great game there, it just needed to be in the oven for a little while um Mm. a little while longer and uh the i think what we saw was that yeah they like they pulled it out of they intentionally pulled it out of the oven a little too soon because they didn't make it until much later in the game than than uh they really intended so you know they had been working on this next project after after mass effect for six years but the game that we're playing is basically 18 months old um and as a result there were a lot of corners cut and there were a lot of things that uh weren't able they weren't able to refine and they still released the game so that that was that was the thing that uh that i kind of took away from it
0: it's madness though too right like hearing you say that out loud right 18 months and when i was when i saw it in the article i didn't i, I kind of double t- uh, d- did a double take on it because i was like i've never heard of a game this big that got this much marketing like got this much push right. being done in such a short amount of time and it feels like this is exactly what you get when you don't you know like you said keep it in the oven long enough um, and, and really kind of see those things kind of push themselves out in real ways. Reef, I know you wanted to say something. Yeah.
1: I, I want to make sure that we don't conflate the awful business practices with the rush, because the sense I got was that this was going on for the development cycle of this game mm-hmm. for like six or seven years. Like, right. I think this is a Bioware problem. Well, okay. It's an industry problem, but this, uh, this article is talking about a BioWare. Bioware problem beyond Anthem. Mm -hmm. Like like this is something that, you know, as I said, something we've touched on for several shows and, you know, we've had Game Workers Unite and we've had other people on as guests. And this is something where it's where crunch becomes the norm. And, you know, even I would say your results oriented thing, that's where you get into a slippery slope because it's the practice that's bad, even if it makes a good result. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, if you make a great game, mm-hmm. and there's people super stressed out and lost time with their family and had had all this stuff happen and feel devalued and stuff, I think the human cost is what is to me is important regardless of the result. Now, it's easy to look at a game. Now, now Anthem is far from a flop. It made a ton right. of money.
2: It made a ton of money. A, and, a, yeah, a, a ton of
1: money. Right. So, like, but to look at something that is is critically getting panned. I think it's easy to look at that and like i say see like uh that's why this like stuff is bad but we also have to look at you know i remember things came out about riot and things came out about naughty dog even right um around like the last of us time and the uncharted in, in the um in the um uncharted 4 time and like and like we have to look at those great games and say it's not okay in this instance either you know even 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 when it makes something great Um, because it's the it's the you know it's the human cost and yes if like everybody agreed and said this is what we're gonna do it's hard though because you know i've seen a lot of talk where like people are like yeah like you know it's whatever naughty dog magic or you know right, it's right. magic at any studio and like all these top studios i feel like they you know they're very confident that they can put out great stuff which you know is not a unheard of thing but that can lead to these sort of unhealthy practices
0: i would i would love to actually hear someone because i like i i feel you on that reef and i feel like that's again like we i feel like we as a show are fairly dev centric and in pro dev in a lot of ways right like I feel like we continuously have that conversation on our show about you know how the industry can be doing better I wonder though if there is a and this I don't want to run down this 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 line because I feel like there's a it's we don't have enough time to dig into it fully but I do wonder if on the flip side of that conversation where that, that whatever studio is, and then you tag the word magic onto the end of it. Right. Right. In terms of the conversation about the human toll on some of that stuff. I wonder if there are folks and we've heard that conversation about some folks who are like, Hey, I bust my behind on crunch. I hated crunch. I hated the process of doing all those things for that, for that long of a period where I did have to be away from my family gonna have to be away from you know my loved ones and all that stuff but at the end of the day if that game did well I was compensated in a in a decent way I got bonuses because the Metacritic score was good I got some benefit from having you know a rock star on my resume saying I did work for Red Dead 2 that offsets some of the conversations that we're having and again the, the industry is like having a very uh, a very special moment right now where we're looking at it in depth and we're trying to make sure that again people are doing well and and people are feeling like they have um the ability to do their job and not be stressed out to the point where they're crying and they're crying in the bathroom like that was that was talked about in the article right. but i do wonder as well if you know the conversation about um making sure that everyone is okay if if, if there are people in that space who or like hey this is a part of the deal it shouldn't be a part of the deal it shouldn't be a part of the way that the work that the work gets done but i wonder if there are folks in that space who either take a little bit of pride in it or they feel like it's a part of it's just a part of the deal and they and they, they, they work through it because they get those benefits at the end of, of a project or they get those benefits at the end of 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 a game being launched you know what
2: you know what that sounds like to me hmm. it sounds like being uh, a member of the Panhellenic Council, um, anyone who is uh, plays a pledge of fraternity or sorority, especially a uh, minority-based fraternity or sorority, mm. uh, can talk about um, having um, unpleasant experiences throughout the um, the learning process membership yes yes throughout the the learning process of uh and and but at the end when when it's all said and done it's worth it
0: right i wonder I, i think that's a conversation that i would love to have with someone who's who's gone through really terrible crunch on a game that got you know really well received and did fairly well and ask them you know what were your thoughts post that game being launched about The process and and how you kind of looked at it but i want to refocus back on anthem and and not and not get too far into the weeds um go ahead go ahead
2: yeah so i you know the back on anthem i i I want to say something like we talked about the 18 month 18 month part um what they were able to uh, accomplish in 18 months i think is remarkable if you know if that is to be believed um because there is a very very good game underneath all the stuff there's just you know there's not a lot of substance there there's a lot of stuff that needs to be um refined again but i i mean i graphically um some of the the, the lore i i really enjoyed um it, the mechanics of it all um the fact that that each javelin feels distinct in your play style has to be distinct to that javelin those are those are uh pretty pretty meaty and and uh uh just like r- really good things that I think uh, we you know um, that they can that you can laud about this game mm-hmm.
1: yeah I mean I I love anthem I, I play it almost every day you know like I think the core loop of it is amazing it feels completely different from other games of the genre. Um, you know, they just need to flesh it out with more stuff. And, uh, you know, there's a constant, you know, there's been a kind of a outcry about their loot, about their loot system that they definitely need to like, to, you know, kind of almost overhaul really. Um, but you know, this is Bioware's first shot at doing this. Um, one other thing that we learned into, from the article, now, again, this comes from anonymous devs, you can kind of take it or leave it, but I believe it is that they said that they were basically banned from talking about destiny and division (laughs) and and talking about ways that they solved certain challenges and the challenges that they came up with and like how, sorry, not the challenges they came up with, the solutions that they came up with. So they kind of didn't have the opportunity to bring this up in these meetings and like say, Hey, we're running into this issue you know, Bungie ran into this issue in 2015. Right,
2: right. And and it took
1: them two years to like do this. Why don't we try to nip this in the bud? Like they couldn't even have those conversations with the uh, leadership to be able to make those uh, changes, which is why a very common criticism, and and, I don't agree 100% with it, but I think it does have some merit, is that, you know, Anthem almost feels like Division and Destiny never came out right that like it it yeah. like this was them just experimenting without any precursor mm-hmm. you know and in reality you know um they had a lot of, they had 4 years of precursor and i know Anthem has been in development for longer than that but they but the, it it sounds like that the leadership was not um behind really looking at these other games and like analyzing what they did right and wrong during their first couple of years i found that fascinating because yeah. i thought for sure that they were like a company like ea would be so metric based i thought that they'd pull out some presentation that has, you, <laughs> know, you, know, uh, you know like the destiny uh reddit uh you know or the metacritic score was this and they fixed it and went to this i thought for sure that like it would have been c- kind of like that but
0: apparently it, it was not Yeah. One of the things I thought that I found really interesting and fascinating was the fact that uh, Anthem or what was it called before it was called Anthem? I forgot. It was like,
1: I forgot the name. It's in the
0: story. We'll we'll find it in the story, Uh, which they changed really, really late in the game uh, as well. But I didn't really know that the game was supposed to be a survival game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it wasn't supposed to be a looter shooter. It was supposed to be a survival game. And once I heard that in the story, I was way more interested in the way that anthem uh kind of uh, kind of played itself out. I was like, "Oh, this would have been really this would have been like The Martian the game with uh right, what's his right. face?" Yeah. Uh Matt Damon. Yeah. Matt Damon.
1: Yeah, yeah I, al- like, Also the 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 uh, name was Beyond. Yeah. Uh, oh,
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Beyond. So it was basically yeah. like the
1: PlayStation yeah. podcast, the IG Pocket. Yeah.
0: Basically. Um <laughs> It needs more Ellen Page in it, but it's like one of those things where, you know, I heard a a really interesting sentiment um, from someone on Twitter. I think it's one of the folks who works at NetherRealm and they just kind of like chimed in during the part of the the conversation that happened on on social media. And they were like, "If, if the community and if consumers really understood just how many games get made by the skin of their teeth because of last minute decisions that get made and things that get shifted around towards the end of the cycle, then no one would really complain about, you know, this particular story happening um, because it happens so often in the industry. That part I've heard from many, many, many devs in the time that we've been doing this show. And I don't think it's a thing that um, the consumer either really cares about or understands again, like how the process of games uh, getting made really looks. And I wonder how much this Anthem story either reinforces the idea that, you know, uh, devs devs are kind of being uh, hung out to dry in a lot of ways, or if this would, you know, hearing this story gives some form of empathetic feeling from the consumer towards, you know, uh, development teams and towards studios. I, I'm hoping it does, but I just don't feel like it's gotten to a point where where it has. What, what are your thoughts about that side of the game?
1: No, I, I think it's still a gaming industry story. I don't think it's crossed over to, no. you know, really help people to reform how they think about things. I, I think it's, you know, it's... Uh, you know, it's something that we talk about internally. Um, now the unionization thing, I think that's becoming a mainstream thing. I mean it's a New York Times piece, which is nuts. Right. You hmm. know, um, on on this. And like I think we when you think about I think about how, you know, when I was in, in a college, it was like the beginning of this movement for grad school students to unionize. Um oh, yeah. because they were just, you know making nothing just like TA right. and doing all this research and working crazy hours and not really get, getting like a paid for it. And now, you know, there's a couple of, you know, there's a couple of major unions that have re- really put them together. So I see the, uh, the, uh, you the, union the union, unionization of gaming at that kind of like beginning point. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's, uh, you know, gonna, change many minds, unfortunately.
0: Mm. See, what do you got?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think so either. Um, I think uh, a story like this is the same as a story about um, the production issues with Solo the movie or uh, reshoots in, uh, you know, Justice League. And, and, you know, those people who care about that kind of meta – know those stories and talk about those stories with other people that, that really get invested and in deep, you know, uh, dig down into those kinds of things. Um, and maybe some of those people that don't necessarily care, listen to podcasts, um, you know, great podcasts, like the ones you get here in Bacaruga. Um But, uh, but for everyone else, you know, um, it, it's, it's Anthem is a game that you bought and you either uh, are enjoying, uh, and and or it's a game that you bought and you're like, eh, that's okay. I got to Division Two. Division Two is a much better game. I'm gonna keep playing Division Two. Um, yeah. You know. So I like from from that perspective. I think for people like us, um, th- this story is fascinating. Um, it's, it's fascinating because we know the story now, and yeah. and you know that part of it where you know we're getting a sense of how this sausage was made, um, and and uh, essentially how all the sausages over at Bioware were made, um, you know by you know if you can extrapolate uh, information from from how this how this game was was produced and and developed and and some of the stories that they talk about in the story um that happened previous to this game's release um there's yeah yeah, there's a lot there
1: yeah and like what like addresses your point that you kind of mentioned earlier see about how you know it can be kind of results oriented they talk about at the beginning how the development of dragon age inquisition was also a mess and you know it was the same kind of crunch stuff and indecision and like all that stuff but it one game of the year right right you know and uh, there's a, a a developer that like basically said we wish Dragon Age Inquisition failed mm. so that BioWare would know this is not the way that works every time right. to make yeah. g- to make games
0: that that threw me for a loop i i had i hadn't heard anyone kind of formulate that idea and say it in a way like that, and it makes sense, right? It's like this will teach you, uh, and this will hopefully, you know, be the thing that sparks that revolution uh, for for people to not treat us so badly. Um, yeah, that was that was super telling and and and, and pretty rough, uh, honestly. One of the other tidbits that we got um, from the story, which which was also really interesting, because other folks kind of chimed in, folks that we know. Shout out to brother Manvier Air, uh, you mustard eating son of a gun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he he chimed in on something that got discussed about the Frostbite yeah. engine, which was really interesting too because it sounds like one of those that triggered me actually when they were talking about the Frostbite engine because it was this conversation around just how badly the documentation for that particular engine is mm-hmm. and how those folks trying to use it were just like, I have no clue what's going on behind these curtains, man. Right. Like, I have no clue how this is supposed to work and how we're going to try to, um, you know, uh, cobble this thing together so that it works in the engine that we're trying to, to, to build for this game. And I thought I thought that that was like something that you don't really hear either. Is like, you don't hear people really talk crap about the tools, Right. right. Like everyone is either like these tools work really well or these are all from scratch or, you know, we've done these and and cobbled these things together and and made it our own. But things that we all see and I'm just like, I remember every Battlefield game that I've ever played being like, this looks super dope because it's made on Frostbite. Now I'm just like, how did those games get made on Frostbite? Well, because (laughs)
2: because those games. So the Frostbite engine is a first person shooter engine. Um, and so that, mm. so when I heard that EA sports was getting, was going to start using the Frostbite engine, I got excited because, um, because the games themselves, uh, seem to lend themselves well to the first person experience. Uh, and you know what I, I could, I could have been wrong. Now the animations, of the players and and everything else in in all the the EA Sports cadre of games looks amazing, but some of the gameplay elements are leave you wanting. I you know there there are plenty of times when you're playing these games, you feel like I should be able to do the thing that I want to do, and I'm not able to do it, and it makes you feel like it's you, and it, and it really is the engine because when I speak to other people they're having the same issues um, mm. and, you know, trying to do the same, the exact same things. And um, so the problem, what I assumed and, and you know, apparently incorrectly was that when EA made the decision because an engine, you know, engines are expensive or even if, even if engines are not expensive, that, that type of middleware is not expensive. The, um, the, having it in house is always cheaper than getting an engine off the shelf that that you know or developing a new one um so uh what i thought though was that the people who were basically the keepers of the Frostbite engine like there was a Frostbite engine team um was mm-hmm. developing tools for the specific games that they were tasked for or at least genres like if like if you're going to now use the Frostbite engine in sports games they would have a a group of you know these teams a the team would fracture off and talk to the individual sports uh teams and ask them what it is that they they do and and then that Frostbite team would develop tools to help them use Frostbite for their specific version of you know whatever uh and that didn't seem to happen they just kind of um well it definitely didn't happen with anthem it happened more so with with uh fifa and madden and you know the games that are making um money um and and i would say to varying levels of of success it seems like um but with anthem um you know this kind of unknown commodity they really weren't given tools to make a third person uh vertical shooter using using the engine and they just kind of had to reverse engineer what they were you know what they wanted to do versus how this how this engine would work for them and and it you know created some some issues apparently
1: yeah and i mean what 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 is a, again another thing that triggers me from my corporate life is <laughs> I could easily see some executive at a meeting, like hundred percent. Yeah, of course we should use the same for everything. Like it just makes sense, you know. Dice developed the engine for Battlefield. You know, won't we save money and effort if the devs can copy and paste code, you know, back and forth and do that stuff? And I would bet, I would bet a lot, hundred that they did not consult any of those teams before they made their mandate. They were like, "That this is gonna be like best." And these people in the trenches suffered for it, you know? I mean, we um, hear
0: that conversation all the time, right? And when, Especially if you work in corporate America yes. where it's like, you got to eat your own dog food. Yeah. Yep. Eat, yeah. eat your own dog food. You got to make sure that you're doing that stuff. I mean, I'm sure that there are, uh, I, I mean, I remember before seeing stuff in some engines and being like, man, why, I wish that this would be in this other game that is from this same studio or from this other place. But hearing just how badly it was to kind of develop on it, I'm just like, man, that must have been super rough for people. And also, why was there no destructibility in NBA Live? Right. That's the whole reason I was hoping that Frostbite was gonna bring some real cool stuff to the to sports. Zion's gonna be to busting revolution. through
2: all his shoes next year. Don't worry about it.
0: Imagine <laughs> imagine shoe and backboard levelation. Yes, yes. Level evolution because of because levolution. Yes. I'm sorry, levolution, not levolution. Uh we are a part of the levelation. Yes, yes. Nation. We um, are a
1: part of the levelation. Last <laughs> I mean, time I broke a backboard in
0: uh NBA jam was pretty yes. It was pretty it was pretty good. Those shards yes. of glass were in at least 140p. Right. Um <laughs> but but one of the what my question for both of you is is now that we've seen all this background information about bioware happen and the conversation from uh, Mass Effect and Andromeda started the rumblings about is Bioware done? Mm-hmm. Do you feel now with Anthem getting this really not great start and this expose piece coming out that is really like pulled the curtain fully, fully uh, open and now everyone can see everyone's clothes at this point. Do you feel like that team in that studio still has enough juice and enough cachet to to continue to, they're going to keep working on Anthem, but do you feel like after Anthem, they are going to continue to be able to still make cool stuff? I'll put that, I'll put that to you firstly.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I, again, it's, it Anthem's not a dumpster fire. The story behind Anthem may be a dumpster fire,
0: <laughs> but the game
2: itself, it, you know, again, Um, (laughs) I I hate to say it, but, but the feather in Casey Hudson's cap is a little bit of that Bioware magic, you know, kept this from being an absolute disaster. Um, and, Mm. and, you know, because there is again, like, like Reef said, he loves the game. He plays it almost every day. Um, you know, I've said that there is a beautiful, there is a really, really good game there. Um, underneath all of the stuff that they really need to to fix, and I have faith that they're going to to take the time to do that. Um, unlike Mass Effect and Andromeda, um, I, I think that uh, you know, and uh, again, let less, less re- you know, less rewind the clock back just a few years for when Andromeda came out. Andromeda came out to humongous fanfare, humongous. Um, you know, we—I mean, everyone was sitting around trying to figure out how they were going to find the time between Horizon Zero Dawn and um, and uh, For Honor, and then Ghost Recon: Breath of the Wild, and then and then Andromeda. All of those games came out within a month of each other, and and you know, Andromeda hit, and people were really excited until they got to play it. And and then it was like, yeah, this is. There's something wrong here, and I think that Anthem's not getting that. Um, mm-hmm. It is getting. There's something wrong here, but it's not getting the same level of. There is a problem here, and um, in, in the way that and- Andromeda, Andromeda had. Um, so I do think that Bioware, when it's all said and done um i think if they're able to really kind of if they go uh media silent they just kind of go dark for a little while and they come back with here's here's you know uh the 1.8 version of Anthem yeah. um and people will will remember like oh yeah this is what this is a great game uh, and they'll and then they'll be fine mm.
0: reef
1: yeah i mean that's exactly i mean destiny did it division did it most notably the one that i don't hear a lot of people talk about no man's sky if you see the sentiment about this new vr update they're coming All out right. with everyone's like over the moon about no man's sky now do you remember what the conversation was about no man's sky for the first year of its, mm-hmm. of its development you know and and yes that's a smaller studio and yes that is a they had less i mean they had a lot of hype but they're You know, but, you know, Hello Games is, you know, no Bioware, right? Um, But I think that as long as Anthem makes money, which it already has, they're fine. Bioware will continue to to exist, and they'll make a sequel. And all this pressure now is going to force them to say, hey, we need to look at these other games. All that stuff that we ignored, like before, because we thought our Bioware magic would, like, get through like we need to look at these other games i don't anticipate at all that anthem will be the end of bioware or that they'll stop supporting it or like anything i think that they're going to keep on working on it i think it's going to be you know a little slower than i think a lot of us were anticipating i I think we thought that there would definitely be some more learnings a la like division two um division two um you know onto this game but they basically need to look at some looter shooters and say, yo, this is how it's done. We, 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 we need to either do this or have our own spin on it, not ignore it, Which which from the article sounds like they were kind of just ignoring it.
0: Well, the other part of that equation was also their response yeah, to the article, right. which was really interesting as well, which was super defensive. Um, and I, and I kind of understand it, but the, the kind of, you know, response they gave to the Kotaku article was basically like, you know, we don't believe in throwing our people under the bus. And this article is kind of throwing all of our people under the bus. Um, what, what were your thoughts about that part of the, the, the equation too? Cause I felt like that was really, really, I'm not going to say it was in bad taste, but it felt like they could have done the PR move where you wait a little bit. You, you, you sit at the table and you all confer and you're like, all right, so we need to have a response to this thing as opposed to being like, nah, son, everything is fine. Everything is okay. Uh, y'all are just bugging out and uh, we don't appreciate y'all talking junk about us. Uh, what were your thoughts about the, the particular uh, response to uh, uh, all the stuff that Jason uh, shared in the article? Reef?
1: Anytime I see a response that's like, Multiple paragraphs, I'm immediately like, This is messed up. <laughs> like, uh, y'all, y'all trying to justify it too much. You know, you should be able to very concisely state your point in two paragraphs, in my opinion, max. Once I saw that this response was like a good four paragraphs, and it really seemed like it was kind of blaming the journalism for bringing this story out rather than anonymous dev saying that this thing is messed up like right like it wasn't really owning up to the facts that came out of the report it was it, it was more like well i mean why'd you report on it though
0: <laughs> you know like, like
1: like that that's what it like it like a felt like you know um and 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 i think that it you know i i think they said that like this thing went live like almost immediately after Jason Schreier's article did, because he kind of gave them like a heads up, but it was clear that they hadn't had time to actually read it and absorb it and then create this. So like they kind of had, I'm sure PR or legal just draft this thing up like really quick. And and I think, yeah, it did not put them in a good light to me. I I felt like it was like very, um, just not, not good. And just like, too much of like a CYA thing and like not enough accountability. Mm.
2: So I guess uh, Cicero Home stands for a corporate homeboy because I because I'm gonna say yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say that uh, um, if you read Casey Hudson's or if you read the like the leaked email from Casey Hudson, um, I think I think there there was added nuance there because there was uh, them claiming. So, well, well, we're not talking about the email, though. Oh, you're just talking about the public I, response. Yeah, the
1: I response, agree with you on the, the email. Purposes, but, yeah. But, but yeah, we're just talking about the. Okay, the yeah. Email.
2: I mean, well, yeah. So, the, yeah, the email was whack. That was garbage. Like, I mean, it's just, uh, um, it, it definitely was a CYA thing. Like, you know, I mean, but it's it's the same thing that most people do when their hand is caught in the cookie jar. Um, they immediately uh, deflect and defend. Um, and and will outwardly lie and just say, "Look, it didn't happen. Um, that's you know that's not true. Why y'all even talking about that anyway? Y'all bringing up old stuff. Uh, we 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 not even on that no more. Go ahead and you know go ahead and do something else. Um, so like that is that is that is what everybody does. Um, it's import taste." Um, you would you would think that that a major corporation, or at least a subsidiary of a major corporation, would have a little bit more couth, um, and uh, and and be a little bit more um, aware of of the optics of that, especially coming off the their last major title, having to deal with something very similar to this. Um, and, you know, over the course, of, I mean, they, they closed an entire studio down oh, mm. as they were like, as the press release saying that they weren't going to close the studio down was being published. They were closing the <laughs> studio down. So so you would think that that um, that organization would 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 have a, a, a little bit more um, kind of understanding and sensitivity to. Uh, the nature of how how these stories come out and the optics of, about that, but they did not. So,
0: but I, I want to I don't want to lose that thread about Casey's email because I hadn't I hadn't read it. Um, but, w- I wanted you to kind of dig right back sure. into that because I, I know that there was some some good meat. So, there.
2: uh, yeah, so the so the, there was an email that that went around, um, and it made its way back to Jason Schreier. Uh, Jason Schreier's got some really good friends in Bioware. <laughs> Uh, Shout out. Shout out to him. Um, But uh, basically in that in that email, he said, Casey, Casey Hudson said, um, studio head of Bioware for those people who don't know, um, said that uh, we didn't comment on the story when we were given an opportunity to do so, because we didn't appreciate the fact that they were naming names specifically um, of of people who who worked here previously and who are currently employed here. Um, and we didn't appreciate the way that they were kind of uh, denigrating those people within the story. Uh, so we weren't going to lend our our name and our words and, and our bit of information um, to the story. Um, but having said all of that, we read the story Uh, and, and lots of the, lots of the, the bits in that story are very true. And as a result of reading the story and kind of, uh, being a little bit introspective, um, and, and, you know, reflecting on it a little bit, we have lots of work to do and, and we're committed to, um, making things better. Now, these are, these are the, the words of of a, you know, of a significant other who's been caught cheating. Um, these, you know, (laughs) those, these are the, you know, these are the declarations of, of someone who is, who has, has, has been uh, a, a serial offender of some sort and is finally backed into a corner and realizes that they have to, they have to make some kind of change. Um, whether they're uh, actually sincere about that, and whether some change actually, um, you know, substantive change happens in in that studio is is really kind of up for grabs. But um, now that you've heard it, Ka, what are your thoughts? You know, on on that on that response.
0: I mean, it, like you said, it's 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 you have to do the CYA parts, right? And you ha- and you also, if I'm in Casey's position you have to put up the good front, not only for your product, but for your team, right? Like you, having come back into the fold uh, to kind of get the game over the finish line, it makes more sense to have that be the response. Because in the grand scheme, like Kotaku is going to run whatever they're going to run. The damage, if you think about it, has already been done, both in terms of sentiment And in the way that the game has been received by consumers and press, they're getting their their Metacritic is at fifty something at this point, which is super low. So it's like everything you need to do at this point is kind of uh, you know stop the bleeding, see what you can do to try to get some good sentiment and vibes back into the space, and also you have to give your team something to look forward to as well, right? You have to give them the ability to feel like they're not just on this dead ship that's just floating through space at this point hoping that it's just going to, you know, run into the sun. I don't I don't I don't blame him for his particular response to it. I feel like BioWare at this point is 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 trying to, you know, keep themselves afloat in a lot of ways when we see so many studios folding and so many people kind of uh, losing their jobs and it would be a big financial hit to EA for them to just dump this project at this point too. So it it makes more sense. I know I can see the diplomatic side of all this being in that space. And I, and, you know, like we all shared, you know, we still have some hopes for the game and we still have some hopes for them to kind of turn the ship around. Um, I just really would love to get into the mind of Casey at this point and see and hear the, you know, like, what's the scuttlebutt that's happening in the studio that's keeping people motivated? Because I can see this article being something that demotivates in a huge way, but also kind of um, validates the people who are in the trenches too, right? Like, those people are feeling I'm sure, like, hey, the story that needed to get out finally got out about the plight that I've been going through. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's some solace in that. And maybe that's the impetus that gives them the ability to kind of move forward in a better and more concise and clear way. Um, We'll see how that, we'll see how that plays up. What what are your last thoughts?
1: I was going to say, I think what keeps people motivated is what I said before. Vision did it. Destiny did it. No man's sky did it. I haven't played a lot of Warframe, but I've heard that Warframe had some
0: mm-hmm.
1: significant early issues that they had to overcome as well. So yeah. it's been done before. I think the game itself, we don't have to worry about. It will improve.
0: Yeah, you know. yeah.
1: Um, and I don't think EA will just drop it, you know. Um, but I think when it comes to the cultural changes at the studio, mm-hmm. that's a different story. Now, we've seen where um, I know specifically at riot like they unveiled a whole new like um you know like a plan that they publicly shared about how like they wanted to deal with the huge culture of sexism and crunch that they had there. I think it's gonna take that level of stuff where like if they want to you know not have this come up, they're gonna have to significantly you know change the way that they do things as most of the industry is hence, jason schreier writing this new york times article about it really wasn't even about just unionization it was about how bad it is to work in the games industry in one of the most well-read papers in the country in the world yeah like that is like so damning to the entire industry that is this article like yo the industry is a bad place to work you know like that stuff that i used to read about like the oil industry, right,
2: right.
1: you know, you know, like uh, around time of like the Exxon Valdez bill and the and and and, or, and or, or like the financial industry around the housing crisis and the Enron stuff, you know, like like, you know, I, I think it's it's just it just puts the industry in a bad state. They need to make a lot of changes. And I'm hoping that things like this can help things on a broader scale. And again, I hope we do it ourselves and not have regulation put on the industry to do
0: it. I don't think they care. I don't think the government cares. And also Trump doesn't know what video games are. Video game you cancer. The, yeah, yeah. And so do wind farms. But the, the 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 thing, I don't want to end the show on a, on a negative note. I do want to talk really quickly about how dope Jason Schreier has been in the past 10 months. He's been killing it for a while, but but like right now, I feel like he is he is the cat right now that everyone is looking to for news. I remember our buddy Patrick Klepek was was scoops for a minute, and he still scoops. But I Jason right now is on a whole new level of bringing things to light, and it feels like. He's the one now that if there is a scandal or if there is a a, a stone to turn over to find some kind of um, you know industry issue, he's the man to do it right now. It feels like he is absolutely killing it when it comes to journalistic integrity and bringing some some really important issues to light. So shout out to Jason Schreier, man. We got to get we got to get Jason on the show yeah. at some point. Shout out.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and and keep keep pushing keep pushing those buttons, man. It, it's really great to see uh how these things have kind of pulled themselves together. But also, I was joking on Twitter the other day. I was like, "Ooh, The W Hotel at E3 going to be thick. Boy, I remember seeing some folks. I remember last year Casey Hudson was in in the same room as Jason. And I don't know if there was some conversations happening prior to that. But I know if they're in the same hotel lobby this year, it's going to be
1: real crazy.
0: Oh, man. Anyway, anyway, we're going to we're going to jump out of here for for episode 283. Thank you all for listening this week and every week. You can hear all our social media business where you can find out where you can reach out to us right here. The Spawn On Me podcast can be found every Tuesday on all podcast platforms and Portland Radio at xray.fm at 107.1 slash 91.1. You can find us live every Thursday on twitch.tv slash on me. If you wanna reach out to us on the show, you can hit us up on our site, spawnonme.com, where you can find all our social media information about our Twitter, Instagram, and everything else, alongside our contact page, if you wanna reach out and shoot us a message or a business inquiry. Much love to you all. Thank you so much for listening every week, and we say, Peace.